Hello and welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles. I am joined by the fantastic Peter Franklin. Hello. I have to say that because he picked me up from uh, one of our previous ones in which I didn't introduce him with a nice descriptor. Um, And also the lovely Sally Chatterton. Hello. Welcome. Um, So today we are talking about China, which is one of the big themes, um, ongoing uh, topics that we're exploring at Unheard. The unpacked that we will be discussing is entitled Communist China's Class-Ridden Society, which may seem slightly odd given that we're talking about a quasi-communist at least uh, country. Peter, explain this to us. Well, China is both communist and capitalist at the same time. And in theory, that should mean equality of opportunity, shouldn't it? I mean, and in some ways, China is quite equal in that, you know, it's it's an officially class-free society. They got rid of their aristocrats, um, their emperors, a long time ago. Um, at the same time, you know, um, Deng Xiaoping uh, said to get rich is glorious, and, you know, a lot of Chinese are getting rich. the equivalent of greed is good, isn't it? Well, uh, not quite the same thing. Um, and a lot of Chinese people are getting certainly a lot wealthier than they were 20, 30 years ago. Um, and um, so there's plenty of opportunities, and in a society like China's, that should, be, should mean widespread opportunities. But is that the case? Okay, so why isn't it then, if it's class-ridden? Well, um, what's, um, this, this is um, a point made by uh, Jim O'Neill in an article for Project Syndicate in which he concentrates on something called the uh, hukou system, um, which you could think of um, as a system of internal passports. So, uh, you know, in, in this, in Britain or America, if you're born in one part of the country, you've got an absolute right to go and live and work and access all the available services in another part of the country, not in China. Um, and this system uh, especially discriminates against um, the China's still enormous rural population um, and that subset of it that has migrated to the coastal cities where the the work and the opportunities are but where they can't um, access the same opportunities and the same services and the same rights that people who were born in those cities have. So you've got these residency status um, um, uh, um, restrictions that... So this is is really quite a problem, isn't it? If you've got a two-tier society um, where half of society, say, is restricted from uh, getting any of the... services services and and access to the NHS that um, other people are allowed, You're, you're sort of... You're, 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 you're breeding all manner of instabilities, aren't you, surely? Yeah, especially as this is hereditary. Um, you know, the children of um, workers who um, have come in from elsewhere into the cities, you know, might not have the same access to education and schooling. So, you know, it, this, this really matters. You know, the, the hukou system, by the way, is ancient. It goes way back to sort of imperial, even pre-dynastic China. But um, it really matters now because, you know, you do have this 
you know, substantial division between rural and urban, um, whereas, you know, in the past, China was almost completely rural, so most people were on the same footing. And um, you do have all of these services now available in the cities, but not the countryside, and therefore this system really does discriminate. And so if we think about the UK then, um, and what we're effectively talking about in China is a sort of postcode lottery. So, you know, if you happen to be born in in a rural part of China, um, then you're not going to have the same rights, same access to public services, etc. If you move to a city as those people who were born in an urban area. But I mean, you know, Sally, we we sort of have our own equivalent of a postcode lottery in this country, don't we? Well, actually, absolutely. We've sort of got, I suppose you could call them social passports, couldn't you? And it sort of depends where you're born, who you're born to. Um, and, uh, well, our own Liam Halligan was writing about it only today, wasn't he? The fact that he um, uh, wasn't born into a particularly salubrious household and, thanks to some hard work and an excellent essay, managed to pull himself up by the bootstraps and get a place at a private school from whence he now is one of our great journalists. But when we look at our system and the establishment, uh, it really isn't representative of society as a whole. No, I mean, you look at, I mean, Liam quoted the the stats for journalists and I think the Social Mobility Commission, um, you know, and it says enough that we have to have a Social Mobility Commission in this country uh, because, you know, we do have such an unequal um, model. But Liam wrote about the fact that they they published some stats showing that over half of journalists in this country went to private school when actually if you look at the general population that represents seven percent of people so you know people who have had a more privileged background are massively overrepresented in everything from politics to law to you know pretty much anything you want to look at banking finance um and that is a massive issue because there may not be any actual literal kind of you know rules or legislations about what you can access but we certainly do have a problem around equality of opportunity in this country absolutely and uh, i'd probably extend that to the specific case of immigrants um whereas you know whereas china supplies its its workforce and its most productive areas from internal immigration we do it the countries of the west mostly do it from outside the West or from poorer parts of the, of the West, for instance, people coming from, say, Poland and Lithuania to work in Britain or Mexicans coming to work in, 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 in America. And, um, you know, you've got this kind of class of people who have residency rights, but not the full rights of full citizens. And then you have illegal immigrants who don't have any rights at all. So you could say we have a, a, a three-tier system there. And then on top of that, there's this sort of social passporting that you talked about, um, Sally, um, which affects everyone, um, you know, either for, for, for good if you're privileged or for most people um, not at all. And then for some people from, um, you know, the most disadvantaged backgrounds, it's, you know, it's really hard to escape from. And it's interesting that America and Britain have some of the lowest social mobility rates in the Western world. Um, so yes, you can say that, you know, are we that much different from the Chinese system? Um, although in one key respect we are, in that, you know, people can express their discontent at the ballot box and they can't in China. And there are hundreds of millions 
of people in this um, category in China, and they're not just stuck out in the countryside. They're also present in very large numbers in the cities, and we know that urban centres are, you know, where political tensions come to the boil. Um, so the Chinese government really does want to um, address this soon. And I guess our outlet, as you say, Peter, um, is the ballot box, and and we've seen some. Uh, pretty unexpected perhaps results in voting which is because of a form of kind of sense of unfairness you know the lack of social mobility the sort of senses and lack of opportunity and that prosperity is not well shared thank you very much another fascinating unpacked peter and sally um thank you also to james for uh producing our podcasts um please do subscribe if you haven't already and we will look forward to you tuning in next time